Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the first episode of In the Moment, The Chronicles of JC. I'm your host, JC, and I'd like to formally welcome you to a world that most guys only dream about. But for me, it's just been the life I live. So let's get to it. For as long as I can remember, I've always thought that everyone has at least one thing that they can do better than anyone else. That one thing could be something extraordinary, like being the greatest mathematician that has ever lived, which could lead to other great discoveries that could forever change the world we live in, or maybe something not so extraordinary, like belching or farting louder than anybody that has ever lived. Though I would like to hear the world's loudest fart. How could that not be unforgettable? My one thing, for which I was meant to do, has led me to more sexual encounters and conquests than most men could ever even conceive. And no, I'm not some pickup artist, and this isn't going to be some virtual classroom where I'll teach you the rules to get laid. I don't think there are any rules. And if they are, well, they're constantly changing. No, my one thing is almost known on a subconscious level when I am in that moment. Where all the so-called rules are broken, bended, twisted, or completely thrown out. And logic and social norms are taken over by pure animal instinct. It could be just a few seconds, but forever changes the relationship between two people. When it's happening, it's almost like the universe slows down. And I begin to see everything so clearly. And as I look into the eyes of this beautiful creature across from me, I know. I just know exactly what she wants more than anything. And that's what I become. To put it simply, I become the right man at the right time. This show is about that moment. A detailed chronicle, you could say, of me and my relationship with women. Some of the stories you will hear will almost seem too, unbelie- too unbelievable to actually have happened in the world you've come to know. But believe me, it's all true. I once read a quote that said, the only way to discover the limits of the possible is to go beyond them into the impossible. So, now that we got that out of the way, let's begin with my first story, which I consider to be a very, to say the least, strange sexual encounter. This took place back in 2013, or whenever the movie Dallas Buyers Club came out. Great movie, by the way, if anybody hasn't seen it yet. But getting back to the story, it was a time of day when I loved going to the movies, the middle of the day, between like 12 p.m. and 4 p.m., when it's basically just a few loners and what? semi-active senior citizens, no crying kids, no annoying teenagers, and not that I consider this necessarily to be a good thing, but no single women. Occasionally you get a few couples, but that's about it. So imagine my surprise as I'm heading to the very back of the theater where I always like to sit. I see from what I could tell in the already darkened theater a fairly attractive woman sitting in the center of the last row, all alone. To not totally creep her out as I was about to pass her to head to the very far end of the row, I decided not to make any eye contact. Because I also genuinely have never liked going with or hitting on women at the movies. Because I'm there to actually watch the movie and hopefully get lost in the story. And women have a tendency to lessen that experience. Because it's hard to get lost in anything when my focus becomes a searing red laser on their vagina. So as I pass by her, taking a considerable amount of energy to not make any eye contact, she did something I didn't expect. Instead of sitting up in her seat slightly to let me pass, she completely stood up, letting me take in her whole body. And judging by how she was dressed, I thought she came from playing a game of tennis. She had those really short skirts on that tennis players always wear, with very toned and slightly muscular legs. Just how I like it. I couldn't 
see much past that because she had like an Adidas zip-up jacket covering up the top half of her body, which is smart, by the way, because whether it's cold or hot outdoors, it's always cold in movie theaters. Okay, so that stand-up move I thought was very much intentional. It's not like it was the 1800s and I was some southern belle entering a dining room full of men. Intentional or not, either way, it worked. I was proud of myself, though, for waiting about five minutes or so once the movie started to look over at her. Of course, it had to be during a sex scene. And when I looked over, she was already staring right back at me. She had no shame about it either. She didn't even turn away as I, as I stared at her. God, her face was like so beautiful. After a few more seconds, I eventually turned away. I let five more minutes pass before I looked again. She was looking at the movie this time. So then doubt started to settle in. Yeah, maybe she was impressed with the surround sound system they had and was looking at the speakers above me. Or maybe I looked like somebody she thought she knew but realized I wasn't that guy. It went on and on until she looked over at me again. And that's when things started to slow down. Here was this attractive woman that was in a place she normally wouldn't be, alone, staring at a complete stranger in a darkened theater. She wasn't here for the movie. She wasn't here to make friends. She was here to do something. Maybe it was for revenge, curiosity, or maybe she just wanted to get a little dangerous for once in her life. Her reasons didn't really matter. The only thing that mattered was I now knew what she wanted, and I knew what I wanted. And what was I going to do to make that happen? To assure myself of what I now knew, I waved to her. She waved back. I got up and walked over to her. Her eyes were locked on me the whole time. I sat in the seat next to her, and we looked at each other for a moment. Then I started to unbuckle my pants. Before I pulled it out, I looked over the theater one time. It was just the usuals. You know, a few loners down in front and an older couple about five rows in front of us. And then I felt a cold hand charge its way into my pants. As she started to stroke it, I was hesitant to make eye contact again. I think I was still in disbelief of what was happening. I was afraid of, of like waking up with a warm load on my sheets. After a few minutes, she was ready to take it up a notch. She stopped to remove her jacket and tie her long, flowing black hair from what I could tell into a knot. It looked like I was right about her being a tennis player because she wore a matching fitted shirt to match the skirt underneath the jacket. She got down on her knees in front of me then pulled my pants down to my ankles. The feeling never gets old when a woman hot mouth like engulfs her cock for the first time. She definitely has some experience in this department. That became clear to me the more I felt my cock go deeper and deeper down her throat. I tried to hold on for as long as I could, which only mounted to less than five minutes. But in blowjob time, I say that's pretty damn good, especially factoring this woman's skill set. I looked around the theater again. All these people completely oblivious to what just took place. The woman was sitting on the floor leaning back against a row of seats in front of her, still catching her b breath. And for a good reason. The whole time I, I, the whole time I came, she never let up. Not until the last drop was sucked out of me. I was impressed, to say the least. Then I happened to look over to the side of me and was shocked to see a man sitting at the end of the row. How long had he had been there? She then looked and noticed the man also. But to my surprise, she just kind of shrugged it off. And actually even started laughing until the man heard her and looked over at us. If that was indeed his first time noticing us, imagine his surprise to see a girl sitting on the floor and a man with his, uh, with his pants down to his ankles. Seconds later, he got up and left. All types of fear started going through my mind. 
Was he going to tell the manager? Would I then get arrested and end up on the evening news with an embarrassing mugshot? Or maybe he filmed it and I'll forever be on multiple amateur porn sites. Which, I don't know, actually, in a way, would be kind of cool. I wonder could I get hard watching myself getting laid. I think that's something worth, uh, worth looking into someday. But back to the story. I was uh, going into panic mode. I tried to pull my pants back up when the woman stopped me grabbing onto them and started pulling them back down. You got one more in you? She then said to me, believe it or not, was the first word she actually spoken to me this whole time. After what just happened with this guy, I couldn't believe she actually wanted to keep going. But I guess in her mind, the damage was already done. If we did get arrested for having sex in public, well, we might as well actually have sex. That's what I concluded as I watched her reach into her purse and pull out a condom. And before you know it, we were off to the races. She was riding me reverse cowgirl, with both her hands gripping onto the royal seats in front of us. I started thinking about that guy again and maybe how the two of them was in on this whole thing together. And it was for some sex in public porn site. I hear those are kind of popular now. The thought first entered my mind when she lifted her skirt up and I saw she had no underwear on. How many women wear skirts like that with no underwear? But as I got closer to climaxing, all practical and intelligent thoughts went to the back of my mind, as any guy will tell you. After I came, she leaned back on top of me, and for about five minutes, we actually tried watching a movie together. I started wishing we could have done everything during the movie trailers before the actual movie started, because it looked like it was pretty good, if only I was paying attention for more than five minutes. And then, awkwardly, I asked her what her name was. She got up, straightened her clothes out, and was readying herself to leave. But then leaned back down and whispered into my ear. I needed this. Thank you. I watched her as she walked out the theater. She looked back to me one last time before leaving and waved. I decided it was too late to still try to watch the movie and got up and left. I sat in my car for almost an hour in the parking lot still trying to process what had happened. I never saw that woman again and never found any video of me on any amateur porn sites. Several weeks later, I made it back to the theater uh, to actually watch the movie this time. But it was a part of me that was hoping that woman would be there again, alone, in the back of the theater. I sat in the very back row like I always do, but there was no hot women of any kind, let alone in short skirts with no underwear on. Just a few loners and several elderly couples, like it always is. Okay, for my next story, let's move from that dark theater to the great outdoors. A couple of years ago, when Adam, one of my now miserably married friends, was still single, he asked me to go on a singles overnight hike with him. He explained it to me like this. A nice rounded group of people, 10 men and 10 women, all single of course, go on a 10 mile hike, which ends at a campsite. You spend the night there and then come back the next day. And during this 24 hour period, you should conveniently make a connection with one of the other hikers there, who will also just so happen to be your soulmate. I just pictured a sad group of desperate middle-aged people with various personality disorders. When Adam and I arrived to meet the rest of the group at Yellowstone National Park, I have never in my life been so happy to be so wrong about something. Well, I, I was right about the men, though. Most of them looked like middle-aged societal rejects, who you could tell without even talking to them was just socially awkward. I love trying to pick up women with these guys when these guys are around, because they only make me look so much better in every way. The women, on the other hand, were not quite middle-aged yet. They were like late 20s, early 30s, an age range I really like because they still have the young, tight-fit bodies of a 20-year-old, but the low self-esteem and desperation of a 40-year-old. 
There was one though that was a little too overweight for my taste, but my friend instantly took a liking to her. Maybe it was her personality. I, know, I guess she was nice to talk to. But for me though, Alex, a CrossFit trainer from Los Angeles, I just could not stop looking at. Mostly because she had those toned legs and ass that I like. Also, just a little advice for my listeners. Whenever a woman has a unisex name, they're almost always hot. Just think about some of the ones you've known yourself. All right, back to the story. So there actually ended up being 21 people all, all together on the hike. The odd man out, or woman in this matter, was Kelsey, the tour guide, who wasn't quite on the level of Alex, but definitely would be a great runner-up if things didn't pan out with Alex. She had one of those petite, small frame bodies that some guys would refer to as a spinner because they're so small you can just toss them around like a rag doll during sex. I like them because they make me just feel like a big man when I'm standing next to them. So uh, we started out on our hike and I'd have to admit at first there was some awkward silence amongst the group with only Kelsey directing us where to go. But after a while we all just started talking to each other and it did become this almost perfect bonding experience. Within a few more hours you could see how everyone was starting to gravitate toward one particular person. Mine was Alex, of course, because I made sure of that. And once I found out Kelsey was actually friends with Alex, because Alex at some point was Kelsey's CrossFit instructor, the three of us all started becoming new best friends. My friend Adam, he also made sure that him and the heavyset woman was becoming well acquainted with each other. At that point, I just concluded that he was a chubby chaser, and that's just what he liked. About five miles into the hike, we stopped at some sort of halfway rest area that consisted of picnic tables and a few bathrooms. I really had to take a piss, but I wasn't alone, and a line had already started to form for the bathrooms. I didn't feel like waiting, so I thought I'd just go find a nice tree close by that was in need of some watering. Right after I started relieving myself on a massive redwood tree, I heard someone coming up from behind me. It was Alex. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't stop at this point, so I just yelled out, Occupied! What are you occupying, a tree? I guess I am. She laughed and kept coming toward me until she was right behind me with her head on my shoulder, looking down at my cock as I continued pissing. God, why did I have to drink so much water, I was thinking. Need a little help? I think I got it. This was getting weird. She then reached around and grabbed my cock and with her other hand removed my pissing hand away so that she was holding my cock up as I pissed. It was a strange feeling I didn't know for sure that I liked. Once I finished, she even shook it for me a few times to get those last few drops off. With my cock still in her hand, she came around and got down on her knees. Now I was starting to like this. She didn't th deep throw me as good as the movie theater woman in my first story, but she more than made up for it as her hands tightly gripped the back of my ass and she sucked my cock with such intensity, I thought it would get sucked right off my body. Needless to say, I didn't last very long, like in the first story. As we headed back to join the others, I noticed something. Several of them were off in different areas of the forest doing what me and Alex, in some form or another, just got done doing. One guy and girl were having sex up against a tree, doggy style, while another was laid out on the ground atop a blanket in a 69 position with a woman as she sucked his cock and he ate her pussy out. I'm sure most people listening right now know what a 69 position looks like. If not, shame on you and go Google it. You'll thank me later. I started feeling like a bit of a pervert and stopped looking at um, the others, you know, having sex and just headed back to the picnic tables. Kelsey was there eating her lunch by herself. I felt a little sorry for her, so Alex and I went to join her. 
For the next five or 10 minutes, we just tried to ignore the female moans and male grunts coming from the distance as we ate lunch and had conversations about TV shows we were watching and whatnot. The one really loud male grunt broke the conversation. It kind of sounded like Adam. Off that sound, Kelsey said, It looks like this trip's going well so far. We all laughed and continued on eating and slowly pairs of people from the group started trickling back in. Of course, Adam and... Of course, Adam had come back with the heavyset girl. Once everybody was back and everyone was eating, we packed up to continue on to our final destination. Adam came over to me and said that there was one little caveat he purposely neglected to tell me, hoping it'd be better if I find out on my own. He leaned in and whispered, everybody fucks. So it looked like we were going to have a pretty productive night. (laughs) We made good time for the last half of the hike and arrived just at sunset. I think because everybody was so eager to pick up where they left off earlier in the day, they had a little bit more pep in their step. After we all set up our tents and got settled, we took a trip to the nearby general store to load up on some food, and even more importantly, condoms for the night. I don't know what it is about red meat, but after I get done eating it, it always makes me more sexually aggressive. And after roughing it out all day in the forest only added to my current level of manliness I was feeling right now. As I finished off my ribeye steak, I looked at all the women sitting around the campfire. I wanted to fuck every single last one of them. But I don't think that would go over well with the rest of the guys that were probably thinking the exact same thing. So instead, I leaned over to Alex, who was sitting next to me, and told her we had some unfinished business to attend to. Maybe Red Meat had the same effect on her because she seemed more ready to go than I did, and she hopped to her feet. We were the first couple to break away from the group campfire. Everybody couldn't help but to look at us as we got up to leave. I looked right into Kelsey's eyes as we were walking away. I wanted to reach out my hand to her to, you know, have her come with us, but I didn't know how Alex, I didn't know, well, I didn't know Alex well enough to know if she would be cool with that. Like I said before, the combination of red meat and being out in the forest had my manliness at very high levels. And it's probably why I plowed the shit out of Alex once we got back to my tent for at least a half hour straight. It had gotten pretty vocal at times, so everybody at the campfire had to hear us, especially being that my tent was less than 100 feet from the campfire. After I finally climaxed and I lifted myself off of her, after giving her a good ass pounding, we both laid on our backs trying to catch our breath. It wasn't long before we started hearing the sounds of wild compilations going on throughout the camp. I was going to take a quick power nap and try going for round two, but then I heard my tent entrance being unzipped. It was Kelsey. I didn't know what to do. I looked at Alex. She clearly didn't seem as surprised as me. They were both staring at me now with smiles on their faces. I was starting to like where this was going. She asked me earlier if she could join us tonight, and I kind of told her she could. Is what Alex said to me. She started to apologize for not asking me first, but I stopped her midway and told her it was fine. I locked the ice with Kelsey. It looked like round two was about to begin. I don't know how many of you have actually had a threesome, but it's not all it's cracked up to be. It actually can seem kind of weird at times, because basically while you're having sex with one girl, The other one is just kind of staring at you. Occasionally they'll make out with you for a few seconds or so, but it's mostly just a lot of staring with um, a somewhat creepy smile. And this night was no different, but I'm not complaining. Kelsey was on top the whole time and rolled me forward cowgirl style. Any other position, I would have split her little body in half that night. I was even ready for another round, but they wanted to get out the tent and get some fresh air first. It did need to air out in there. It was starting to smell like feet and ass. It was a perfect summer night. Not too hot, not too cold. 
The forest seems so alive with the sounds of owls and night animals moving about and strangers having sex. Kelsey, I guess feeling like she intruded on Alex and I bonding time, decided to head back to her tent for the night. Alex knew of a great spot not too far away to stargaze at the clear night sky. As we headed there, we happened to pass Adam's tent. He was with the heavyset woman, of course. But as I glimpsed briefly into the tent, the tent, I finally started to understand why he was so particularly interested in her. I just had sex with two young, fit women with amazing bodies, but was still a little jealous of Adam because that woman was fucking him so hard. It was like the world was going to end tomorrow. I guess it's true what they say about average-looking women or women with a little extra weight on them. They try harder when it comes to sex. How else are they going to keep a guy around? I even heard him finally climaxing from a distance. And it was so loud, I thought it was going to wake the forest. (sighs) Alex was right about the spot for stargazing. Living in Los Angeles, I sadly had never seen so many stars in the sky due to all the air pollution. As we lied there, I learned of Alex's other passions other than CrossFit, which surprisingly was astronomy. She showed me all the star constellations that were visible that night, like Leo and Scorpius, and explained how stars and planets are formed. Most of it, you know, I've forgotten by now, but it was amazing to see things that are so far away with just a naked eye. We ended up just falling asleep on some blankets we brought with us. I had such a good time with Alex, I actually ended up dating her for about four months afterwards. Then she started wanting to play a name game for kids we'll have one day. I knew then that was my cue to make my exit from the relationship. Last I heard, she got a cool uh, narrating gig for a Space Odyssey show at the Griffith uh, Observatory. Good for her. Maybe I'll, uh, you know, check it out sometime. Well, this concludes the first episode of In the Moment, The Chronicles of JC. There will be many more to come. I'll try to upload a new show or new shows every week. Since this is the first episode, as I record this now, I haven't uploaded anything online yet. But I'm going to try to have it on iTunes, Podcast One, and maybe even a YouTube channel. But we'll see how that goes. And you can follow the show on a brand new Twitter account at the JC Chronicles for updates on the show and find out when new episodes are uploaded. And you can also email me at thejcchronicles at gmail.com. So, again, thanks for tuning in, everyone. And remember, always 